Welcome to the Reformation Fellowship Podcast. Reformation Fellowship provides support and fellowship for all who would stand for the Reformation of Christ Church worldwide. We long to see the church revitalized by the gospel and seek to encourage all who share that vision. We gather together for gospel-hearted fellowship around gospel-minded theology. Hello and welcome to the Reformation Fellowship Podcast. I am your host, Justin Shell. And we are so glad that you've joined us. We pray that everything we do here at the Reformation Fellowship strengthens you and encourages you so that you might delight in God, grow in Christ, serve the church, and bless the world. Today, we are continuing our conversation with Dr. Clive Bauscher, provost at Union School of Theology. And uh, this conversation is part two of three, where we are in the book of John. and the big picture of the conversation is that we are looking at what Jesus has to say about life. What does it mean that we have eternal life? And so we, we did a little bit of an overview last week, and this week we're going to zero in on John 6 and some relating passages to explore further what it means to have life in the sun. So without further ado, let's turn to that conversation now. Clive, welcome back to the Reformation Fellowship Podcast. We're so glad you could be here with us for a second of three conversations. Hey, Justin, it's great to be back with you. Great to see you again. Yeah, yeah. And uh, for our listeners, just a reminder that uh, we started talking last week in the Gospel of John together about what Jesus has to say about life, about eternal life, and uh, maybe just to wet our whistle around that. Uh, as a reminder, I want to read from 1 John uh, chapter 5, verses 11 and 12. It says, and this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Clive, can you, um, as you think about those verses, and you can reflect back on last week as well if you want, but as you think about what John says there uh, about eternal life, um, how would you maybe answer someone if they asked you, what's so good, what's so, what's so amazing about being a Christian, why would I want to be a Christian, um, how would you answer someone who asked that? Yeah. I think I'd say one of the best things about being a Christian is that, that God is for us, uh, that he, he wants to bless us and, uh, you know, that he's the, uh, the source of life. He overflows with life and he wants to, to share that with us. Uh, it, you know, it, it's a gift. You, um, you get that in those verses from first John chapter five there. God gave us eternal life and this life is in his son. And as we were seeing in the in the first episode, it's it's an astonishing relationship with Christ that, that God draws us into. You know, it, it, it's close friendship, uh, it's fellowship with the with the Son and with the Father by the Spirit. It's uh, a, an amazing closeness and intimacy that's already begun and uh, that is gonna going to last and uh, extend into the life of the age to come. 
yeah, it, it, astonishing to know the one who, mm. who made you, who created you uh, for, for this relationship. Yeah, yeah. That's great. That's great. And today we are going to um, just go deeper into that, um, into that idea that we, we're going to be looking at life in the sun. And uh, we're going to look at God's word a little bit today. Um, where are we going to be? We're going to be in, in John 6, having a look at the bread of life discourse. So it'd be great awesome. if you uh, had that to hand, either a, a Bible or a Bible app, uh, depending on where you're listening. I guess if you're driving, that's not going to work. But um, yeah, we're going to open up John 6 together. Yeah, we'll have to maybe read some of it out loud for those that are yeah. in the car. <laughs> um, well, great. Let's... um. We'll we'll open there, but maybe before before we get there, um, as a bit of review, can you summarize for us? Uh, because we're looking at life in the sun, mm-hmm. uh, we'll, we'll be talking about union with Christ. Um, could you maybe summarize in a sentence or two what union with Christ is in John's Gospel and and even First John? Yes, yeah, so it, it it's the same thing. Uh, in, in both John, John's gospel and first John, it's this me and you and you and me relationship that we've been talking about. I think we called it in one anotherness just in last time as well. Uh, th- this relationship with the father and the son by the spirit, this deep relational involvement between us and the Lord. And you see very much the same picture in in the fourth gospel and in and in John's first letter. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's, um, it is amazing to think about. Could uh, you, you've shared a little bit. Could I ask you to just maybe speak a little bit more on um, what, what Jesus is saying when he says to us, you're in me and I'm, I'm in you. Um it's it's relational it's um it's with it's it's triune it's uh, as well but yeah um, yeah and the, the you there we're still struggling with that idea help help put some more um some more meat on the bone more detail us. in there yeah. yeah of course the you there is is plural uh, and it's and it's singular you know jesus is saying mm. we have this relationship with him together as as his people as his brothers and sisters, but also, and, and maybe this is particularly encouraging because mm-hmm. sometimes we, we doubt our individual worth, don't we? Mm-hmm. And Jesus is saying this to, to you, Justin, and to me, and to, to each person who has put his or her trust in Christ. He's saying, I'm in you and, and you're in me. So there's this, mm-hmm. there's this closeness that each of us has as individuals with the lord uh that this this intimacy and he's saying to us i think in in those words that that he really wants two-way relationship with us Mm. so you know he what he wants to to hear from us there's this lovely expression in the song of songs where he says to us that he wants us to to show him our face to, to mm. turn towards him, to, to be sort of open with him. 
yeah. to, to receive his love and to express our love for him in return. So there's this, this wonderful mutuality or reciprocity, mm -hmm. if you like. It's a, it's a two-way thing, me and you and you and me. We, we noted, didn't we, last time that the language itself is, is symmetric. It's really talking about a, a two-way thing think there of a, of a sort of dance you know there's a there's a liveliness to this friendship with Christ to this fellowship with him uh, a, a, a two-wayness mm, that's great I, I think you know in my own journey <laughs> and uh and maybe coming out of I, I think I mentioned last week a, a an experience growing up where I thought that the Christian faith was not doing certain things and doing other things, not doing bad things, doing good things. Um, and then started to hear about um, the love of God, the um, more about the, the biblical picture of salvation being brought into, uh, into fellowship, into union, into uh, the, the Lord saving us, not just from something, but for himself. Okay. And uh, it, it does seem like the further you go, the more you start to understand what he means by that. It just gets better and better. It, it, it's yeah. on the one hand, I think early on starting to, to realize, oh, he, wow, the Lord does love me. He doesn't, he doesn't just tolerate me, but he loves me. Mm -hmm. And now you're also saying that he, there's something there's some pleasure that he gets from having me that, that I bring him some kind of, of joy. And that's just, yeah. Um, yeah continues to astound me. And that it, and, and that it really is a two way thing mm -hmm. you know, where, where he's interacting with us, relating to us at, at work in us by his spirit. And so, you know, there's something very exciting and, and dynamic about that as mm -hmm. we, uh, live out this relationship day by day, week by week. That's yeah, that's great. Anything else you would say about this? You're in me and I'm in you. Yeah. This me and you, you and me relationship. It, it, it's a lasting relationship. It, it, it's always going to endure. Uh, you know, he's uh, he's embracing you and uh, isn't going to let you go. Mm. Uh, this, this um, this closeness where he knows you intimately better than anyone else and, and you know him as well. Yeah, just mm. astonishing. And, and, and we mentioned last time, didn't we? It's the same language that Jesus uses to describe his relationship with the Father. Right. So I think as well you want to think of this me and you, you and me relationship as a relationship of sonship. You mm. know, you're... Um, you're God's child. And in fact, you see both in in first John and the fourth gospel um, that that union with Christ and, and that filiation being being God's son, um, that they're different ways of, of describing the same thing. So that's mm. another way to, to kind of get a, a handle on what kind of relationship it is. Mm. And there's all sorts of analogies you might use, aren't there, Justin? You know, friendship, uh, family type relationship, partnership, mm -hmm. where 
Uh, Jesus is, is, is drawing you into his mission and his ways and, and his work and, and sharing that with you. Uh, another analogy would be be marriage, you know, mm. closeness and, and intimacy. And I guess when you bundle together all those different kinds of relationship, all those different metaphors, mm. um, you know, you, you start to get a, a better picture of this astonishing me and you, you and me relationship that, that the Lord has brought us into mm. with himself. Friends, we want to take just a moment out of our conversation to tell you about the upcoming Reformation Fellowship Conference in Atlanta, Georgia, November 11th through 12th. Our theme, the theme that we will gather around is the gospel, our hope, our banner. We want to come together, celebrate the gospel, unite around the gospel and be encouraged in the gospel. You will hear plenary addresses from Michael Reeves, Dane Ortland, Phil Riken, Jeff Norris. You will also select a track to participate in at the conference. There's a track for any Christian who just wants to go deeper in their faith. There's a track for pastors, a track for women, and a track for theologians and scholars. And the hope for these tracks is to grow you, to develop you wherever you're at in whatever way you're serving the church, but also to encourage you by connecting you with others in a similar place. Those tracks are each led by wonderful theologian leaders, and we're, we just know that you're going to be encouraged. So that is November 11th and 12th in Atlanta, Georgia, hosted by Perimeter Church. It will be the first Reformation Fellowship Conference in the U.S., and we will gather around the gospel, our hope, our banner. Everything you need to know, you can find at reffellowship.org. That's R-E-F fellowship.org. We hope to see you there. Yeah, so we've laid the foundation, kind of reviewed a little bit, mm-hmm. but um, could we, let's zero in on a, on a passage. Let's go to John 6, as you, as you suggest, and can you maybe show us there how what we've, what we've seen is that union with Christ is life, that it, it, it's knowing God that is life. Can you help us see it there from, uh, from John's gospel? Yeah, sure. So, so let's have a look at, at John 6, verses 38 to 40, and then verses 53 to 58. Uh, why did I read the, the first of those two short passages to us? Jesus says, John 6, verse 38, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my father, that everyone who looks on the son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. Mm. I think, Justin, we, we can sometimes find ourselves wondering, can't we, what God's heart towards us is? You mentioned mm. that just, just a few minutes ago. And if we find ourselves wondering, you know, what is it that, that God wants? For me, what's his heart towards me? Then these verses, John 6, 38 to 40, are a great place to go, aren't they? Because we see here 
verse 40. This, this is what God wants. This is the will of my father, Jesus says, yeah. that you that you see me, Jesus, that you recognize who I am, that you look on me and trust me and so enter life. And having put your trust in me, then I am for sure going to raise you up on the last day. Mm. You know, that, that's why I came, Jesus says, verse 38. Um, this is what the father wants. Yeah. This is his heart towards us, that he, he, he wants us to have life now by entering into this relationship of trust with Christ. And uh, he wants us to be raised up on the last day. He's, he's definitely going to get us there. That's so it's this gift of life from the Father's heart that um, we were thinking about in 1 John 5 when mm -hmm. we opened up. Mm. Yeah. And so God isn't, you know, he's not, he's not reluctant to bless us. He, he, he wants us to have fullness of life and to experience that life in Christ, in his son. He's not, he's not somehow stingy or, or reluctant, um, but, but has a, a heart full of overflowing love towards yes. us in Jesus. Mm -hmm. So we see there, verse 40 in particular, what, what God wants, what his will for us is. And then do you notice um, if we read verses 53 and 54 as well there's a parallel with with verse 40 that's going to stand out to us i hope jesus says verse 53 truly truly i say to you unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood you have no life in you and then verse 54 whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up on the last day. So it's the same words there, having eternal life and being raised up by Christ on the last day. And you've got this, this very direct parallel between verse 40 and verse 54. Um, in verse 40, it was seeing the son, recognizing who he is and believing in him that results in life and being raised up on the last day. Mm -hmm. In verse 54, it's feeding on the son's flesh and drinking his blood that results in having life and being raised up on the last day. And so that, that tells us that feeding on his flesh and drinking his blood is, is, is trusting in his death. It's mm -hmm. a particular aspect of the trust in, in Jesus that leads to life. And then if we go just a little bit further down, Justin, Verse 56, you get that same phrase again. You've got to follow a little bit closely here. <laughs> that, that same phrase again, whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood. But then Jesus says that person, and remember, that's the person who's trusting him, who has mm -hmm. put his or her faith in him. That person, Jesus says, abides in me and I in him. That's the person who has me and you, you and me relationship with me. And so you've got another parallel there between verse 54, where the person who's feeding on Jesus is said to have life. Yeah. And verse 56, where the person who's feeding on Jesus is said to be in union with him. But that's the first place in the gospel 
where where it really stands out that union with Christ, John is saying, is eternal life. That union with Christ and the life of the age to come are the same thing, mm. if you want to put it that way. Or in, in slightly more technical language, they're, they're coextensive, but I'm not going to say that again. <laughs> union yes. with Christ is life. It yeah. is eternal life. That's yeah. that's what John wants us to grasp. Yeah. So the person who looks on Christ and believes has present tense, has this life, and this yeah. life consists in yeah. um, one anotherness with him, um, union with him, uh, yeah. connected vine and branches. Yeah. Um, all these other other words that will we'll see through through the gospel but yeah, yeah i'm no, glad you, you you stress the present tense there justin so you know mm -hmm. if you're listening to this and you've you've put your faith in christ then he's saying to you you have this this life this life of the age to come already you've already begun it mm. and, and what does it consist of it consists of this union with me jesus says it consists of me and you, you and me relationship yeah. every day going forward and, and into eternity and you can't lose it. You've mentioned a couple of times that our union with Christ is um, in a sense modeled on his own union with the father. Is, is that, are we seeing that in, in 57 as uh, you know, as we read on, there in verse 57 as the living father sent me and I live because of the father. So whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. Is that both telling us more about our union as well as reminding us that it's our union reflects the union Christ experiences with the father? Yeah, that's right. So you, you, you're seeing Jesus making that analogy again. And I think what he's saying here is that um, he, his, his whole life and identity is based on his relationship with the father. Or on um, the fact that he's in the father and the father is in him. Mm -hmm. And then he's saying, actually, when you enter into this kind of relationship with me, Jesus, you too will live. And so then he goes on to say, uh, this is the bread that came down from heaven not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread, whoever feeds on me, uh, will live forever. Mm. So yeah, just the same sort of analogy going going on there. Yeah. Jesus yeah. says just a little bit later, doesn't he, in John 10, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, mm -hmm. um, so uh, I will know you and you will know me. Yeah, and so if... If life for Jesus there is in the Father, is in being connected with him, then life for us, we are being drawn into um, that eternal life through union with Christ. Yeah. 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 And, and right. that life is, is in the Son, as we saw mm. in First John. Clive, I'm going to take us on a little bit of a detour, maybe. Can you help us understand how this relates to the Old Testament? Does Sure. Um, yeah. How does this idea of life in Christ fit with the whole of Scripture? Well, with the whole of Scripture, can I take you, first of all, to, to Revelation, maybe? 
So right to the sure. uh, the the end of the canon. And ask That's not the Old Testament. I, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, end of the New Testament to begin okay. with. Okay. Yeah. Let's look. So how how, how does that end? Uh, well, well, what we see is is the marriage supper of the Lamb, isn't it? We see mm-hmm. the relationship of Christ and His people. In Revelation twenty one, we get the the holy city the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven, prepared, do you remember, prepared as, as a bride? Yeah. So again, it, it, it's relational. Uh, we've got this, this marriage picture. And we're told in Revelation 21 that the dwelling of God is then with man. There's mm. this, this closeness, this, this life in his presence, uh, that, that God is going to dwell with them and they're going to be his people. God himself will be with them as their God. And so the thing there that really defines the, the new creation is, is God's relational presence, isn't it? Mm. And close relationship with him. Yeah. Uh, in, in verse seven of Revelation 21, uh, God says to us, I will, be, I will be his God and he will be my son. So we've got filiation again there. Mm. We've been saying, haven't we, you know, we, we've entered into life already. Uh, we find that life in this two-way relationship with Christ, this me and you, you and me relationship. And, and, and at, at the end in Revelation 21, we're seeing the consummation of that. Mm. It's like we, we've already entered this engagement with Christ, if I can, can put it that way. And Revelation 21 is describing the marriage. It's describing the consummation. That's one end of the canon. Yeah. And maybe if we come right back to to the other end and start at the beginning of the Old Testament, you were asking me, Justin, about about how we see this in the OT. Mm -hmm. I think if you look at how the covenants in, in the Old Testament progress as we go through redemptive history, if you trace that progression, you can see different aspects of this union with Christ that we've been describing in each of those covenants. Mm. And, and then as we trace their progression, you, you can see that union with Christ is, is really the culmination of those covenants in the Old Testament. It, it, it's all relational and, and they're headed towards Mm. union with christ they they climax in mm. union with christ yeah and so that's that's what the promised life of the age to come is all about that's what the old testament prophets were looking forward to mm. and promising yeah and we see it realized in 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 that's one right. anotherness with christ in union with christ yeah so whether it's uh say the abrahamic covenant um, creating a people who will be God's people, who will be with him and he will be their God. Mm-hmm. Or, um, or say, at Sinai, the, the covenant of how can a holy God live in the midst of a sinful people that it, we notice, and, and maybe it's different facets, but we notice the Lord making a way mm-hmm. For people, for yeah. mankind to to come back to him, to be yeah. with him, to dwell with him, to dwell with him, and him with it's, them. 
Yeah. yeah. And that um, covenant formula of I will be their God, they will be my people. Yeah, very much. Throughout yeah. each of those, um, uh, each of the, the consecutive covenants. Yeah. And yeah. then and then as you move to to prophecy about the new covenant in the Old Testament, mm. you see an intensifying of that, don't you? Yeah. And there's a kind of interiority, you might say, mm-hmm. to the new covenant that's being prophesied. So now it's not just, you know, I am with my people and they are with me, mutual dwelling, mm-hmm. but it's I am in you, I am in you, mm. and you are in me. So indwelling. Indwelling. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, wonderful closeness, wonderful intimacy. Yeah, and that's where it was all heading. Yeah. Um, mm. Well, as we get ready to wrap up this this conversation, I want to. I, I think there's been a, a, a million practical outworkings, <laughs> hopefully in our faith, of just to seeing how good God is and and uh, what He's His desire for us is, but. Um, maybe we can look at how, how knowing and believing this affects our life today. Um, and maybe we can zero in on, um, on the topic of, say, heaven, because we often think of being with God later mm-hmm. um, there. <laughs> um, how, does, how does this truth alter how we should think about heaven and the christian life now that sort of takes us back to where we started doesn't it justin that the christian life is i think when we understand it this way hugely motivating in the here and now Mm. it means heaven is sort of breaking in in our everyday lives you know the the very stuff that makes up the life of the age to come which is this astonishing union with jesus is something that we're already in at the moment. You know, we already have this fellowship with him and, and we're, we're growing, we're going deeper into it. Mm. Then the Christian life is not some kind of fire insurance for, for what is to come in the future. It, it, it's, it's fullness of life now mm. that's going to take us through death and, and become even more glorious Mm. Uh, in the consummation that we were thinking about uh, in Revelation 21. So, yeah, I think that's, that's hugely motivating. Mm. And it, it, it gives us that, that sort of continuity as well between our Christian lives now and where we're headed. You know, it helps us to, to prepare for uh, this heavenly life in his presence that's coming because we get to live out our lives now in that in that same presence. Yeah. Not 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 in the same full degree of glory, but certainly in a degree of glory, which is which is itself pretty amazing and pretty motivating. Yeah. Even on a dreary Monday morning, you know, as you drive mm. to work. So while we wait for the fullness of uh, the consummation of the marriage. Uh, we are engaged. We are betrothed yeah. to Christ. He is yeah. uh, speaking to us. He is pouring his life into us now by the spirit. Uh, we are, um, we may see through a, 
a mirror dimly, but we do see, and we hmm. we do see our beloved. Yeah, um, and do know him. Yeah, and whilst engagements are not are not the full thing, they are they're hugely exciting, aren't they? <laughs> I, I'm getting on a little bit now, but if I cast my mind back, I can just about remember. Um, yeah, how how exciting an engagement can be, and so. I think these truths about our me and you, you and me relationship with Christ, they they should have us expectant as well, Justin. There's there's an excitement about that, uh, a liveliness, you know, a sort of dynamic. Yeah. And we yeah. can we can even if, if 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 I can put it this way, breathe the air of heaven a little mm. bit now. Mm. You know, mm. as we pray, we can go deeper into. In, into this intimate friendship and fellowship with um, with Christ. Yeah. Oh, praise God. Well, Clive, thank you so much for this second of three conversations. Uh, looking forward to next week where we get to um, chat a little bit more and talk about life on the journey. Um, yeah. This, this uh, in one another life as a, as a journey with Christ. Uh, so looking forward to that. Um, thank you for being here with us this week. Thanks so much, Justin. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Reformation Fellowship Podcast. We pray that this time together has been a blessing to you. The Reformation Fellowship is a ministry of union. And so all that we do, we hope it helps you to delight in God, grow in Christ, serve the church and bless the world. If that is your hope, that is your desire, then friends, welcome to the fellowship.